0: Hello and welcome to episode five of Off the Page, the podcast from International Literature Festival Dublin. This week we're revisiting a 2016 event featuring Irish writer, actress and peace activist, Margareta Darcy. Margareta is interviewed here by Jim Sheridan and joined by some very special
1: guests. Hello everybody, Uh, Ray Yates is my name. I work as the City Arts Officer for Dublin City Council. The International Literature Festival is an initiative of Dublin City Council and is crucially supported by the Arts Council as well and we're here tonight to celebrate the indomitable Margaret Darcy uh, and I just thought I'd like to read a letter before it begins uh, dear Margaretta, how appropriate that the celebration should be held in the theatre congratulations on the gift of your many great talents to to the theatre and your wonderful collaboration with the dear John Arden uh, h- hoping you all have a wonderful evening and the great enjoyment you so richly deserve. And that's from the wife of our president, Sabina Higgins. And uh, we're going to also, uh, when uh, our special guest comes out, present a bouquet from Sabina. It gives me great pleasure now to introduce Mary Coughlin and Trevor Knight, who are going to open up this evening. And on to the stage, our uh, guest chair, Jim Sheridan, and, of course, our guest of honour, Margaret Darcy.
2: I woke up this morning and I rewrote uh, some words for an old Billie Holiday song very quickly and then at about five o'clock I decided I'd better run them by uh, Nell McCafferty to see what she says and she says, you don't expect me to say that's good, Mary, do you? <clears throat> so I've dropped them and I've gone back to the original. Sorry, Margareta. I'll give okay. them to you in private later.
3: Okay.
4: <sighs> there ain't nothing that I do And there ain't nothing that I say That folks don't criticize me But I'm going to do Just as I want to anyway And I don't care Why? will say
2: I'll hand over to Jim and Margareta now and uh, see you later. OK. Uh,
5: I want to make an announcement before I begin. I knew you would. Which
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> that I hope my fellow felon, Colin Roddy, is here, who was arrested... ..who was arrested two or three days ago for going into Shannon with David O'Donnellan, and they were carrying a big red cross, a flaming red cross. And would you believe us? The traffic controllers did not find them for at least half an hour. It was our wonderful defense force, who don't defend us, but defend the US military, who spotted them. Yes. And so it's that they were taken. And... A very interesting item was taken from Mr. Colum Roddy, who I'm sure you've seen many times on the television. He's kind of a rather little gnome fellow with lots of hair. <laughs> who's, who's always tracking the politicians. Anyway, they took his hat away. And Donal Kelly is going to be giving us more news about this subversive hat. Uh, <laughs>
0: Margaret, okay. I should just let you keep going. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what it was like. We worked together for a long time, so and we fought quite a bit. Me? Uh, when I walked in, she said, "Are you called Jim or Shay?" So <laughs> people who know me a long time call me Shay. My brothers call me Shay. and yes. Bran calls me Shay, and Margaretta.
5: And I call you Shay. Yeah.
0: Yes. And um, I think the first time we met. We definitely fought, and it was down in Galway.
5: It was down in Galway, and you were putting on a production of a Greek play whose name I can't remember. Which one was it? Oedipus. And your brother was all dressed up. It was in the hangar. It was a cold night. And these bloody little egotists they wouldn't let me into the hangar because everything had to be perfect. So in that sense, I think I was justified in being slightly annoyed with you.
0: Yeah. But so basically, the play we, we did it in UCD, and it was I think the first pl- production done by a student because the was. professors had done It was them.
5: fantastic actually.
0: And it was kind of like the living theatre, but it, and Faulkner was Oedipus, about the north of Ireland anyway. So the one part of it we interned everybody, but John and Margaret refused to be interned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't go quietly. <laughs> and John was worse. <laughs> so it, but there was a fight, Do you remember that? And you wouldn't get into the little cage. I know. <laughs> so, oh, okay, I met me match anyway. So then I went, pretty soon after that, I... Oh, but,
5: but can I just interrupt? Me, there was a very good thing that you did. Because yeah. there's a victory going on at that time in October. And we were on a high fettle and company saying no eviction. And you supported us and you made space in your wonderful show for (laughs) the protest about the eviction.
0: That's right. Now I have to tell you about the eviction. This was a guy, I can't remember, Captain? Burgess. Burgess. But unfortunately there was an actor who later ran a really radical theatre company and he said at one of the productions, somebody should shoot Burgess, am I right? (laughs) Yes. And Borges was in the back of the theatre with a tape recorder. <laughs> At which point he issued a writ against Margareta and John. So the first time I met Margaretta, she had six thousand pounds in her pocket because she'd taken all the money out of our bank accounts in case <laughs> your man ever went any further with the writ. <laughs> so okay, this and should...
5: we put it into the non-top comedy show, and you got some of us, which you still
3: have. <laughs>
0: I stole some of our money.
3: Yes.
0: Because I I'm did. Just going to I did say you a good favour, Margaret. I to say
5: something about Shay. Mm-hmm. In view of all the cases that are going on, he was a wizard in uh, what's it called, fly housing with banks. So you yeah. go to one bank, yeah. put money in, go yeah. to another bank, yeah. get money out, yeah. and he was constantly on the move.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, they. Laundering, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay. Margaret, I don't know if you remember. I, I could go through a thousand stories, so my head's flying off. But one of them was, so let's start with the gorgeous one because I think that's so yes. funny. So, Margareta says to me after I met her in England, and we're going to come back to that when you did the Island of the Mighty. But so, after I'm in England, she says, Come over and meet me down in Galway. And I go, Okay, where is it? She says, Get to Uttarard. Take the first turn right after Utherard. Come down to the lake and I'll be there, right? <laughs> I get out in the bus in Utherard. I've got Naomi, my daughter, with Fran. And we walk about three fucking miles out the road. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the first right. And it's a gravel path. And I get down the gravel path and I see the 19th hole, right? So I go in. I go, God, I'm so fed up. So I go in. I go to the barman. Excuse me. There's about eight, ten. 12 people in the place. I said, do you know where John Arnold Margaret Darcy lives? And he looked at me like this and he pulled down the shutter of the bar and locked it. <laughs> and everybody left the bar. And all the cars left the bar. So I was like, that was strange. So I went down to Margarita. I The guy hadn't come back from Galway from the match, so we went out with a you know, a Nile light, <laughs> in a boat. And they come out of their house, John and Margaret, in their Wellingtons, looking for us on a promontory. Anyway, we get off, and I say to Margareta, what was the deal with that guy in the 19th hole, right? So what did you tell me? What happened? What, why was he so mad at you?
5: I can't remember.
0: Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> so Borges led off a golf tournament. You told me this now. You can, it can be not the truth. You could have made it up. But
5: okay. So every, as you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Stories or <are> stories?
0: What <laughs> happened was, Borges got to the 18th hole and he hit his ball onto the 18th green and the whole fucking green exploded, okay? <laughs> Just. <ba-dum. laughs> and so he had issues with Margareta for his <laughs> charity event. But. Margaret, I want to tell... The Island of the Mighty, will you just go back to that? Oh, yeah. You called me up, and I had to go in and see you and John, and you were protesting, right?
5: We were on strike. Yeah. We were on an official strike thanks to us belonging to the Society of Irish Playwrights, yeah. which is affiliated to the Irish Transport General Workers Union, mm-hmm. which itself was affiliated to the TUC in England, mm-hmm. and linked to equity. So mm-hmm. it was the first official strike that playwrights did. And who was there? Shay was there supporting mm-hmm. yeah. us, and Joan Littlewood, do you remember?
0: Joan, yes. I'll tell you what Joan did in a second. Okay. So, what happened then was this guy stood up in the theatre. Yes. And John came out to do a speech. And it was Griffiths, the actor. You know? Yes. And Griffiths was smart. Mm-hmm. And he stood at the center, let, let John speak, let John speak. And John was speaking, it was going quite okay. And then the audience started booing him, and he didn't know why.
5: They didn't know any boo. They said, send them to jail. Do you remember them standing yeah. up with all their dripping jewelry and yeah, everything?
0: Yeah. So, the next thing the booze increased because Margaretta was at the back of the stage ripping up the floor cloth. And in the middle of the stage, there was a tree. So she, when she got to the tree, she couldn't get the floor cloth up around the tree. So she climbed up the tree, and she's now pulling the tree behind John's back on stage. And the poor director, David Jones, David remember? David Jones, yes. He came down, he'd a baldy head is all I remember. Yes. And he walked down and he couldn't see Margareta below the orchestra pit. <laughs> and so Margaret dropped out of the tree, ran, <laughs> jumped the orchestra pit and landed on top of him. <laughs> and she was beating the head off him when me and Joan Littlewood pulled her off. Is that true?
5: <laughs> that is absolutely true, and that's the reason why you are such a great filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I never saw such a look of love as John and Pride had when, you know, Margaret's direct action had replaced his Blake inspired speech. Remember, we walked out down to the bar? Jerry Raffles was there.
5: That's right, yes.
0: For those of you who wouldn't know all these historical people, Jerry Raffles was a hero. Mm. He was like Joan's right hand man. Absolutely. He was great with money. Yes. and he was a sweetheart. When I went into Stratford East, he gave me a tenor. Yes. But, so, then we d- deci- my Margaret decided to do the nonstop comedy show. And uh, at that time...
5: Well, now, I think we should s- just put a little bit of historical fact. Okay. So, you were in the official chin Yeah. We were in the official chin Yeah. We were thrown out of the official Sinn Féin, mm-hmm. you weren't, mm-hmm. and so we decided, what are we going to do? That's and right. so what we thought we'd do, because remember Eamon Smullen. Yeah, I love Eamon. Eamon Smullin had been in jail, and he was the first Republican prisoner, and he had gone to England to buy arms, and yeah. there was the informer there. Yeah. And so in Galway, we heard about Eamon Smullen because he was a playwright, and John went to London to visit him. Mm-hmm. So when Eamon was released, he came to visit us in Carandella. Yeah. By this time, we had something called the Carandella Arts and Entertainment, us not being the official chin anymore. We were at a loose end.
3: <laughs> and,
5: <laughs> and, we, and, and, and Eamon was so grateful, the fact that we read his play. Yeah. And it was Eamon then who said, well, why don't you mm-hmm. put on this big, colossal... I mean, at that time, it, there were really no big festivals, was there? And so we thought is that this would be a fantastic opportunity to have a big socialist festival because it was a very... i oh, sorry, am I Because at that time, everyone was shooting everyone else. <laughs> is that you had the official campaign, you had the RSP mm-hmm. and the assassinations that were taking place. Mm-hmm. And there were 400... MI5, KBG, CIE, CIA, <laughs> all moving <laughs> <gilling CIA>. around. <laughs> so in the middle of all this is that we thought, ah, bring out James Connolly yeah. to try and remember the principles. Yeah. So that's really it how it all began.
0: And that's true. Hugh Ferguson was the first guy to he shot Margaret. The, the Sticky shot him. He was a near kid, 17... In Belfast,
5: it was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. All the people who were shot. It.
0: Yeah, and I remember there was a picket, and I didn't pass it. Remember that? Yes. And uh, so that led to a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. But Margaret clarified things by writing to Seamus Costello saying it wasn't me shot, Hugh Ferguson. <laughs> 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, thank That's you. That's true. And. Mm. Um, but they it, were was wild stra- times. it was extraordinary, wasn't it? Oh man! So
5: there was an agreement mm-hmm. that the nonstop Connolly show, because we toured it around, brought up to the north, is that nobody would actually attack us.
0: Yeah. I yeah. mean,
5: because if they recognised that James Connolly was yeah. a sacred figure and that no one should actually interfere with that.
0: Yeah, but Jared Steenson didn't think that, Margaretta. What? Steenson didn't think that.
5: I know. Now I'm going to say about Shay. Without it, we could never have done it because Shay has this extraordinary mind, haven't you? Well you have, he, has, he has a photographic mind where everything is kind of like little stills in it. Mm-hmm. And you're able to... Or because I mean, uh, I showed you the castlets and all the people yeah, who were there. Yeah. So he actually was able to organise the whole schedule of these hundreds of people mm-hmm. how to do things. Yeah. But you have an extraordinary mind, haven't you?
0: Well... I have a weird mind, Margaret, but I do know certain lines still. I, 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 prohibition number one no tactical collaboration with an element of the bourgeoisie <laughs> from an inferior situation unless you can foresee strategic advantage on the next full page. <laughs> prohibition number two there's nothing you can do to advance the revolution without your own party to make its intended contribution. This
5: is wonderful. I said this
0: in 1903. Today it's still yeah. true. Yes. I remember the one you did.
5: I did loads of them. Oh,
0: man. You did.
5: <laughs> I like doing the banker having a heart attack and <laughs> the American banker having a heart attack which wasn't in the script that was my little bit of, <laughs> of improvisation <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know you've got to understand that this was a 24 hour like 26 hours it lasted one of the arguments me and Margareta had and these were always arguments of profound significance but one of them was when Margaretta played Kansas Markovich oh yes she wouldn't turn that way to go off stage because she just walk like this. I was like, why are you doing that? She was like, because that's the way I see Countess Markovich. <laughs> and then there was... Sh- remember the argument about going off stage right or stage left, Margaret, with yes. Rob Walker?
5: Absolutely, yes.
0: I don't remember whether you hit him a dig or stabbed him or whatever, I'm not sure.
5: Well, my interpretation of that is different because mm-hmm. he came from Germany. Yeah. And when he looked at the script, everything was put in units. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the non Connolly Show did not fit into his units. Yeah. And he got very, very upset. Mm-hmm. So he used to come to rehearsals with his own play to read. Do yeah, you remember that? I do. Then he decided he was going to educate all of you in the German method and do improvisations, hmm. and you didn't like
0: that at all. No, I thought it was a bit nuts.
5: No, no, you thought this was absolutely off. <laughs> and so the poor fellow was driven out of the country by Shea and his com- reactionary compatriots. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the poor guy made a mistake of having an affair with somebody very high up in the IRA. That was
5: Mari Woods.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Thank you for the clarification.
3: Okay. <laughs> Look, we, we, have no
5: anyway, we have no evidence of that. Anyway, yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have no evidence of that. So he won't be convicted and we'll stand up and say he did Absolutely. nothing wrong. No, 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 no. We're no, saying we nothing.
5: Absolutely. But anyway,
0: no. nobody wanted to tell Cahill, so.
5: <laughs> the husband.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Kind of the husband.
5: or oh, the partner. But the, the partner, partner yeah. yeah.
0: The partner. So Rob would come up to me and go, Ireland's so violent. Like, <laughs> Why is that? And he said, fellas, keep beating me up in the pub. and I, <laughs> Everybody wanted to get in with the head of the fucking IRA, OK? <laughs> so I was like, man. And he was a decent fella. He became like something in the BBC later, didn't he?
5: Uh, he did a couple of... Pre- pre- uh, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he actually was quite a good director
0: mm-hmm. on
5: the television. He had a kind of madness, but he just couldn't take anarchy.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anarchy was not his thing. And he had it in spades, guys. <laughs> 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 anarchy was not his thing, is right. Margaret, I want to just talk about... Do you remember the furniture and you breaking up all the chairs and all to put in the you didn't have time to go down and get Kindle. Do you remember that?
5: I can't remember that. What I do
0: remember mm-hmm. is in the
5: middle of the show the guards coming along and serving a warrant on
0: me. Wow. I don't, when was that?
5: You don't remember it because no. they went round to your house and they said do you know this woman and, uh, and Fran said no.
0: Wow. wow. Oh that, yeah, Fran would say no. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Margareta had four kids Four kids with her, Nice, Arden, Finn, and. Finn. What was the last one? Yeah. Noise. Yeah. Huh? Oh, there you are, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, all I remember is she used to get the, gather them in the hall and send them out every day to get their breakfast. You remember that? Oh, so they'd run off, and then then they moved into another apartment with this guy. He was a landlord, and he, did, he made me, he was like, There's a, I don't want smokers. And I was like, no, it's a family. So uh, all I remember is going back out and there was no furniture, Margareta. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was pointing to the table saying, I don't want cigarette, you know, little butts." And Walker said to me, Margaret couldn't find Kindle today, so she started with the chairs, then the tables. And blah, blah, blah. that's off oh,
3: time.
0: Huh? Artane. Yeah. Artane, <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, um, God, there were some funny things, I'll tell you that. <laughs> up the north was Wild Margaret. Where did we do it besides Belfast? Was it cross, not the We did Clayton. it
5: in in Downpatrick. Yeah. And we did it at various other places.
3: Yeah.
5: And then we did it in Octorod. Yeah. And remember, Des Hogan.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: So we kind of cut it. Actually, it's an extraordinary play. It can yeah. actually be cut up because yeah. I remember... Um, the scene in Cork, when Connolly was sat down in yeah. Cork, and the bigots after him, and there's Hogan shouting, bigots, bigots, bigots!
0: Do you remember? Yeah. I, do, I remember so many, I remember after Down Patrick, we, this, this is the kind of thing that would go on, right? So Margaret, John was, besides being a kind of revolutionary man, he was very on certain ways conservative and really straight and beautiful and he was an architect yes. and he was freaked when the union, Eric Fleming and I don't know who the top guy was I do but I don't want to say and you don't mm. um, <laughs> so they sent down to say that the exits weren't the requisite two metres <laughs> like, so I went up to John and said fuck the requisite two metres John, it's like five foot wide you know Oh, no, 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 He said, we've got to fix this. So the union had a quote of six grand. Do you remember that? Yes. And that was the six grand Margaret had in her pocket, yeah? <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck this. So I we went out, and I was, look, there were these guys painting Book Bridge. So I went over to them, and I said, Would you, could you ever do a bit of scaffolding? And they were like, for when? I said, Easter Sunday.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they are like, what, you want us to work next Wednesday at, Holy Thursday and Good Friday, that's triple money. Anyway, the deal was they got a barrel of Heineken and stuff and they do the scaffolding. And then I said, a much? And they said, 360. So I said, That's too much. And uh, so 300 I offered. Anyway, we did the deal at 330. And I went over to Margaret and had the wisdom to say, Margaret, they want 400 quid. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, they came, actually, then the next thing I remember, we were coming in on the Saturday, the show started really early, and the head of the union was standing there, and he, the doorman said, mm, it's not very well, and I was like, what's wrong? He said, had a little heart attack. <laughs> I was like, oh, Why is that? And he says, "Because there's non-union labour in Liberty Hall." (laughs) (laughs) And so I went up to these guys, and Eric Fleming was shouting at them that they were. So I went up, took one of them up, and joined them into the union. And uh, then I got ten cards for all the others and gave them out. And Eric was nearly crying, hugging them. But then I went for a pint, and when I came back, there was nobody doing any work. (laughs) And I went to the nearest bars and I found them upstairs in the bar next door and they were all singing, you won't get me, I'm part of the union. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric Fleming was kind of leading them on a strike for more money. <laughs> but Margareta was like the most fun person to ever do a show with. Margareta, after the Red Walker, you told them he could introduce the TV show to introduce it on RTE. Yes. But you didn't like what he, he said and you poured a pint of Guinness over his head.
5: Okay, he's a filmmaker.
0: That's a true story. <laughs> Maybe she just threw it at him, but what, anyway. No, no. So there were always... Margareta was like just a force of nature that you couldn't keep down. Um, tell them about the when we got to the island with Naomi and the bottle top.
5: Okay, so we were on the island, and it was getting Mm dark, And we heard this voice calling, and we didn't know who the hell it was. Mm -hmm. So John then rode over, and there was Shay, and there was Fran, and the baby was only, what, about...
0: Uh, Naomi was about a year, a year and a half, yeah. A
5: year and a half. And they come over, and on the island there was nothing, no electricity, no running water, and, and they suddenly discover that they don't have a top for the feeding bottle. So what is to happen? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to get this top? Mm-hmm. So then John had to put the lot of you back in the boat, row you back again onto the mainland, drive all the way to Galway, wake up the um, chemists, and find the little bottle yeah. top. She left So out, the baby was saved.
0: That's true, the baby was saved. But she left out one detail. Oh, what was that? When you, when you were trying to push the boat out, and John was trying to row, and he couldn't quite he had a little bit of an asthmatic condition no he didn't he, uh, well, he was finding it hard to row, and you jumped in it into could have
5: been that there was a big storm brewing
0: you you jumped into the lake is all I remember, and pushed the boat out yes. in the water, yes, and then climbed up to it, ringing wet, <laughs> yes. so all the way up the borein, there was just a trail of water as, well as <laughs> I walked along <laughs> oh,
5: but that that is what is uh, um, Called the Rural Life, isn't yeah. it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Margaret, is it a true story? This John McGrath told me.
3: Oh,
5: God, God what's that?
0: John. Well, he told me that there was an improv in London. Yes. And it was the first improv Tony Page ever did. Oh, yes. And you and some countess got into a fight, is that right? An argument. Really? Anyway, he could be. this could be just a legend that's totally wrong. I'm sure wrong. it's a
5: legend,
3: yes.
0: But it, it's the scene where in Bofor's gun, the guy takes the coal out of the fire and puts it on the table. Okay. And he said you did that in I the... I didn't. Okay, then he's He did
5: absolutely... Really, you've got to make a film about me with all these extraordinary stories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will. And you will.
5: <laughs> that's the whole
0: purpose of it. I, it would be an amazing movie.
5: It would be an amazing movie if you have all these stories in. If it's yeah. just me, then it would be a bit boring.
0: Oh, no. no. It'll, it'll be, believe me. The, on the tree in the thick was crazy. So tell us a bit. Your sister's here. Yes. And where were you born? Like in...
5: Ah, listen, they can read my book. Hello.
0: Uh-huh. Hello.
5: I don't really want to talk, you know... It's all a bit kind of boring, really. Now, what I do, (coughs) what I would like to mention, (coughs) of course, is that the films that I've been doing, like uh, The Big Plains More Likes about Mary Kelly, Mm -hmm. and I would advise everyone to have a look at it because it really shows you about what's happening in Shannon that you mm-hmm. people like uh, the ex-Attorney ge- ex- General of America, you had Scott Ritter, you had all these people which at her trial, they were not allowed to give evidence. And then there's a film about Greenham Common. for ni- You see, this kind of thing that yeah, you should I really... Greenham uh, For 19 years, but in the end, we mm-hmm. got rid of the cruise missiles, mm-hmm. the land has been restored to the people, mm-hmm. so there's no reason why at Shannon... The airport cannot give, be given back to us civilians if we constantly go on the runway and make it absolutely impossible for the US planes to come in. I thought you had an idea, didn't you, about getting all your fancy friends to come along on the runway?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes? Yeah, yeah. It'd be a good idea, yeah.
5: Yes. Now remember, mm-hmm. it is an experience. Mm-hmm. So you'll be taken away, yeah. you'll be kept overnight. Mm-hmm. you'll then be brought to police station. all of us will be there we'll be supporting you with all our banners and everything That's good. and you will become a radical hero <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> have we yeah,
0: had brilliant. enough
5: have we had enough now?
0: Well, w- <laughs> does anybody want to ask a question oh, yes, please, <laughs>
5: Mm-hmm. I
2: do.
5: But this was a play because the travelers, they used to have a nice kind of little shelter in Air Square. And they decided to get rid of the shelter because of the travelers, and they were going to have um, electric wires, electric wires <laughs> around it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and well, well, it wasn't just us. We, we had what is known as a little collective. I think the Galway Theatre Workshop. Mm-hmm. And so that uh, part of the play was remembering back in Galway when no O's and Max were allowed into Galway. Yeah. And we then had the dream, and the dream was, of course, is that the um, that they themselves were the O and Max, and were going to be executed. And we needed a baby. Mary was in the audience, so we asked if she'd come along. Actually, I think that was just, sorry. The play was actually quite complicated, wasn't it? It was, it was all quite complicated. There were three wise men who were coming to Galway because they'd heard that a baby was born under the stars, and Galway was going to make a lot of money, and we needed the baby, yes. I mean, you know, with one of our wonderful, it was all done in 20. Actually, those plays were fantastic, weren't they, really?
0: Don't you think Mary Lee of Ireland is any good? This would be the late late show and you yeah, know yeah. And, like, no, no 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 We would no. just have nothing on, you know, it's just yeah, but also
5: you've got to remember my achievements when mm. I set up the uh, the Women's Part Radio. Mm-hmm. And we broke That's every right now, single yeah. rule in the book. Mm-hmm. We had Sinn Féinon, divorce, abortion, contraception, Alex Comfort to all the people who wanted to have a better sex life or didn't want... Um, we had, what was it known? as a non-penetrative year.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: and during that non-penetrative year, we got out Alex Comfort's book mm-hmm. to be able to show people... That penetration was not the only way to actually enjoy themselves. <laughs> so that was
0: very modern, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think would it be good if I read this Ray, the the, the letters. For the letter for, and the flowers, yeah? Okay. Okay. So, uh, hold on, interview Margaret Adarty and Jim Sheridan. Uh, Declan O'Rourke, yeah? yeah? Declan, fantastic.
7: i tell you what, this is an education. I don't know, I haven't lived at all. <laughs> Delighted to be here, uh, honouring Margareta and your great work. And, uh, can I just a
5: get off the stage before you begin, so I can get comfortable. Thank you.
7: You're a guiding light to us all, you know. There should be more people in this country willing to get off their arses and speak their minds. There was uh, a lot of mention of James Connolly there. This song was... Uh, inspired I suppose and written in the in the lead up to 2016 uh, Joe Duffy asked me to be involved in a, a commemorative ceremony to uh, remember and acknowledge 40 children killed in and around Dublin during Easter week 1916 and, uh, and um, it was decided that there wasn't really an appropriate song to sing at it and uh, he kind of hinted at me to write something and um, sadly my my task was made a little bit easier by a lot of images that were on our screens around that time this was 2014 and there was a lot of stuff happening uh, children in Gaza at the time and it made it all too easy to imagine what life was like for people on the streets of Dublin during that conflict this is called Children of Sixteen. In Dublin Town, on Easter morn, a hundred years ago, the rebels led a rising from the city's G. heroes and their enemies fell Civilians in between And among the dead and fallen were The children of sixteen Those children of the tenement slung two canals, with their hand cards over cobbled stone, they rattled skid and tore. barefooted as they scavenged through the crossfire and the goal. The bombs and shelling made and snipers' bullets pierced and whipped the sulfur April haze. There was fighting from the Union to the mill above the green, and it made a great excitement for the children of sixteen. Republic soon was born High aloft its streets and buildings now Their names can e'er be seen But still missing from the pages are The children of sixteen than the children Thank you. I think you asked me to do two. Is that right, Mary, when well, I go over another one? Can you, can you withstand another one?
3: I think so.
7: It's always hard to choose what songs to sing when you're only uh, doing such a short set, but um, I'll keep it brief all the same. This next one is um, something that was, um, I suppose, born out of uh, some feelings about watching. I mean, I think we are, we are very lucky, in a way, to be looking back on a revolution like our own, a hundred years uh, away from it. And uh, there are many, many people in the world still struggling in many situations and um some right under our noses and we don't even it's too easy to just scroll by on Facebook and 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 to ignore things because we, we like to see uh easygoing, happy little trivial things. We all need to um use our voices, I think just to speak at least, when you, when you believe something is wrong and you see something wrong in the world, you have to at least use your voice and say something about it. The worst thing is to do nothing at all. And This song is in solidarity of people like Margareta and people who are leading the fights and, and doing great work in the world, much, much needed work. This is called World on Fire. Day or night, I'm with you Day or night, if the world goes on fire I'll be by your side My last breath to cool you down Use my heart to float on if you can't swim. Drink up all of the blood you can when you need it to get to the end. Pluck out my eyes When you can't see I could not bear To watch you go blind When you're lost And the darkness Is closing in tight Go on And set me alive Day on night Come to my house When no shelters abide And they're cutting you down with lies When the whole world's gone silent At the hour of your trial I will stand up and say with my life The day or night I'll be by your side my last breath to cool you down
0: Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. So uh, now it's the great Nell McCafferty who's coming up to say something from the lectern here. Um, so, Nell, there you go. I think, are you talking here? Pretty yeah. yeah. good. Great. She's
8: <laughs> sure, already back in time.
9: Yeah, that's good. Huh? <coughs>
8: I had a dark secret, Margareta, but those who have been listening to you tonight will understand why. I do what I'm about to tell you, and I have to believe, I am not the only person in Ireland who, when walking down a street, sees you in the distance, and jumps under a doorway to hide. <laughs> I first encountered you in Galway when you and your husband sent for me in, I think, 1972. Come down to Galway and address a meeting on the hot topic of the day then uh, the legalisation of contraception possession of contraceptives was then punishable by, by, by jail etc this is good I said uh, I'd never heard of them I go down to Galway get off the train and there at the end of the platform are the two of you and you make me very welcome and tell me the meeting will be in our square and out we go and we go up the top of Air square and there is a, a flatbed truck, microphones And speakers, and I said, This is very organized, this is very impressive. And unfortunately, there's nobody there. (laughs) And I said, Well, look, uh, come on, we'll just go and have a drink. It's certainly not, said John Arden. Certainly not, said Margaret. I said, But there's nobody here. And they said, the show must go on. (laughs) I said, Jesus, there's nobody to talk to. (laughs) Margaret and John said, get up there, we'll heckle you. (laughs) I got up. I stood in front of the microphone. I gave it well, two sentences in. They're heckling me. <laughs> I took this badly and I answered them back. <laughs> they criticised me again. Well, by now my spirit was raised. I gave one of the great speeches of my life. <laughs> Interrupted only by two of the best hecklers I've ever met after half an hour I said can I go home now <laughs> <laughs> and they let me go has heard this before but some stories are worth repeating I go back to Dublin and then I get another call from Margaretta to come down to Connemara and address the masses <laughs> about contraception I knew you should have learnt her lesson by then. I have to get a glass of water. <laughs> and my companion on the trip, he actually had a car, was Frank Crummy. He was then the bag man for the Family Planning Clinic in Dublin at a time when you could not buy contraceptives, but you could go to the Family Planning Clinic, make a donation, and come out wired to the gills of contraceptives <laughs> Frank Crummy was their bag man he had everything in his bag every contraceptive device you could think of except nobody had ever seen them not the customs men, not the guards many doctors had, not the judiciary not women we drive to Connemara and it, it was a bit longer in those days <laughs> we arrive in the dark Jesus Connemara then it was about 1974 I think we drive around we drive around and then I, I, in the distance I see a, a light and it's Margaretta Darcy and we get out and she takes us up a boring and into a cottage packed to the rafters with 15 people <laughs> And Most of the women, bear in mind, at the time I was around thirty, so they all looked old to me. I think being charitable, the average age was eighty. And I stood up. and they were all fluent Irish speakers, and I'm not sure they had English. And I did, I did my best. Again, Oisla, Tabag and Shaw. And uh, uh, I didn't know the Irish for and pill and and spermicidal jelly and condom August Couple of Ruddy uh Narechemy Before this, I mean there's things here in this man's bag I've never seen. Frank Cromy opened his bag and he, he, he says that he's, he's taller than me that wouldn't be difficult but he's elfin like and he did a little dance out of his bag it was like it was like watching Tommy Cooper without the fez <laughs> and he takes out what I can only call I told him I said it looks like a Couric but don't worry I, things called the loop and Frank starts demonstrating he spreads his legs and starts demonstrating how to put the loop up and I mean they're all looking at him puzzled, and then he spies me, and I said, "Don't even go there." <laughs> and he dances across and puts his current up me or indicates it, and a coil that looked like a rabbit snare,
3: <laughs>
8: spermicidal cream, such as I hadn't heard sung about since the uh, South Pacific. I'm strictly a female, female with a pound and a half of cream upon my face, only as Frank made clear. It's not in your face you put it he takes out the condoms which in those days as Maureen Johnson memorably said were thick enough to fix a bicycle (laughs) tyre he blows them up he sends them fizzing round the cottage these are women wearing shawls (laughs) He hands a few out, <laughs> some of which did not come back. <laughs> waves the contraceptive pill. Finished, sat down, total silence. I ah, it's a little to be, i Anybody want to question us? And the leader of the gang, I remember so well, uh, a strongly built woman. Even older than the rest. <laughs> Put her shawl around her. Stood up. Need cash to be she said. We've no questions. But it is enough that we have seen these things. <laughs> and she laid them all out.
3: <laughs>
8: and I said to Margarita, Jesus, Marion, Joseph, what was that about? Look at them. She said it's a democracy. People are entitled to knowledge. Would you exclude them? And she's just she's taken off on Cromwell and (laughs) Comet. And I got into the car with Frank Crummy. Uh, We get back to Dublin around seven in the morning. But it marked me, Margaretta, not just dramatically. (laughs) You were right, people are entitled to know. And who are we to presume? well, we all know about St Elizabeth getting pregnant, that these women would not get pregnant, or they could have told their daughters, or I've often wondered about the condoms. <laughs> I thought about the margaretta when I went to Limerick Prison to visit you. Gosh, wasn't that a thrill? Margaret asked me to visit her to her, and Limerick Prison and I go, and I, I didn't pass the security test. Uh, they didn't frisk me. I think it was to do with a pair of eyebrow tweezers in the back pocket of my jeans, but they said, you can't have an open visit you have to go into the those wee long rooms where you're separated by a plastic window from the prisoner and there's a microphone and I an go and there's Margareta I switch on the microphone I say hello, it doesn't work she says hello, it doesn't work and I shout, I can't I hear you Margareta and she shouts back there's two young folks beside us one a prisoner, one a visitor and about three screws if I may use that term about them and I thought, well, I mean, she, she doesn't want a boring visit in the same old, same old. I said, look here, Margaret, as a matter how she, I'm going to tell you right now, I did not approve of you occupying Shannon Runway. I mean, there could have been an emergency plane coming to and there's you. And the, the control tower, can he see you? They can he hear you? What if you're she said, Margaret had to ring up control tower and say, excuse me, we're occupying the runway. <laughs> and they still couldn't see her she hates me, but at least it was lively. And I said, well, you know, we have a point of view. And then I could see me now, there's four screws, and the two young fellas are sitting there looking at us.
3: <laughs>
8: Alice, and all these situations, I said, Mum, we'll talk about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Because <laughs> I've read your autobiography called This Theatre. Jesus, Margaretta, you were a bit of a tramp in the day. <laughs> well, the two young fellows are now, they've forgotten each other, and they're practically sitting in my lap, and the other ones looking at Margaretta, and now there's ten screws in the background. <laughs> I said, yeah, you did this, you did that. And I said, but there you go, you've been in prison. And you know, Margaret, I said, I reminded her, all the stories about Long Cash, all those men in there, I asked the pro, but did you ever fall in love? And not one of those men ever fell in love. I don't believe that, do you? And she said, well, you were in Armagh Jail on the dirt strike. With all the young women in Armagh Jail who were if you remember back to those days before the hunger strike, they were on dirt strike. They didn't wash out, they didn't slap out. And Margareta, she wanted to know what was going on, quite rightly so, you've got to get the truth, had broken a window in Armagh, got herself sentenced to jail in Armagh, where she immediately claimed political status. And <laughs> uh, I read it in her book, one of the many books she's written. But the thing that really annoyed her was she'd wake up in the morning and she'd be, she'd be uh, dirty, and like myself, and that's a gainy, gainer. At that early of the morning, you need a pound and a half of cream upon your face just to soften it. But the young woman, were all, their faces were all clean. I said, why was that? And she said, because they're still producing natural oils from their skin and all they do is wipe the sleeve across the face and they're cleaning and I look, there's all the screws wiping sleeves across the face <laughs> and I had to say to the young fella, no chance boys and I said, who are you sharing your cell with? or do you have it in your own? she said, it's a Swedish opera star <laughs> I said, that's very interesting, Margaretta. did you know that I can sing the quartet from Rigoletto, all four parts at one. <laughs> Free translation? She said she did not know that, and I gave her a belt. Lovely maiden with the charm. Oh, be a young fellas in seventh heaven. A nice thing. And I finished, and, finish, and Margaret tells me what opera she likes. There's now about fifteen screws down behind <laughs> me, and I said, uh, "Margaret, look, uh, I'm, uh, we're running out of time here. I, I think." I'm afraid I'm missing my train the screw steps forward she says don't worry Miss McCafferty there's a few trains this afternoon keep talking (laughs) and I see the Glint in Margareta's eyes and I say Jesus what are we going to talk about now she's responding to this and I talked about how I love drugs in a strictly controlled medical environment (laughs) (laughs) and I I I will not mention Margaret and drugs, but I, I think the prison burner was there by that time, but I, I wouldn't be <laughs> held to that. And I said, and I told her about my dream when I'd had a quadruple bypass and they gave me these drugs that they said, oh, I'm going to go through a terrible trip, see elephants coming out of the wall. I had a wonderful trip, I was telling her, uh, that I found myself urinating on the outside Stretched clutch hands of Pope John Paul II.
3: <laughs>
8: and my urine bounced off his hands in uh, little drops, which turned into precious gems. <laughs> he then put them in his pocket. <laughs> Jesus was I angry. I want my gems back, and with that, and walks Lydia Doolin. And I, I, I remember telling her to get hold of my agent at once. I want those gems. That money is mine. <laughs> I'll let you yourselves because it took me a long time to discover this when i I, I can't even explain it Margaret when I started reading uh, Lucy Leeds It is a powerful work of literature, politics, theater, trumpy kind of sex <laughs> Jesus I said, and famous screw said uh. Miss McCafferty, there is a train. I'll will leaving in half an hour. Oh, God, I've missed. This is not at all. There's a lift outside, they said.
3: <laughs>
8: <laughs> I still, Margaret, had to jump on the shop doorways. I'm not ready to go to jail. <laughs> but I'll say this. From my experience of you, and especially from my reading of your work, I am sure, being responsible as you are, that you have left precise, detailed, written instructions for your funeral. For that's one funeral I'm not going to miss. <laughs> but let me say this, because I know this is being filmed and I want it on the record. For the aftermath, the state versus the mourners. Your Honour, I did not say to Margaretta Darcy that she should divert the hearse onto the Shannon runway. <laughs> In conclusion, and um, Margaretta Darcy. Dear sister, respect.
0: Wow, you should just do stand up now. That was so good. And probably one of the few people that could come on after now. Dono, will you come up? Uh, there you go, man.
6: Uh, Colin Roddy, who's here followed in the footsteps of Margareta on Wednesday morning on the runway of Shannon Airport, and when uh, Dave Donnellan and Colum Roddy were, fit, they were held overnight, and when they were brought to the courthouse to Gort Courthouse on Thursday morning, Colum asked for his hat back, and the uh, guard, the sergeant, said, no, no, we're keeping that for evidence, because we're considering more serious charges. <laughs> so, the hat is still being questioned. Um, the court case is going to be on the 20th of July, and we'll hear what the hat has said in the meantime. Um, I think we've, we've set up a little uh, campaign going. You might come across it on Twitter and on Facebook called Free the Hat. <laughs> and uh, we're asking people, you know, you might discover in your own house that you have a hat, Maybe with badges on it, and it's uh, it's it's possibly a lethal weapon, and you could be in serious trouble if you're caught in possession of that hat because there are obviously things that are uh, that are under uh, extreme uh, suspicion to uh, to have on your person. Um, they're highly incriminating, so we'd ask people: you better bring them to your local guard station and hand them in, and get them to get the desk sergeant to uh, take an account of it and say you'd like it decommissioned. If uh, if the hat is uh, is in any way incriminatory, you didn't know it was there, and um, you you don't want you're not taking any responsibility for it. You're not necessarily saying it's yours. Uh, there was. Um, in response this morning, Michal McDonagh put up a, a song about Colum Roddy's hat. So it only happens in Ireland. Within three days, there's a ballad. <laughs> barred from the County Clare. Colum Roddy from Bayside is barred from the County Clare. Tell the guards in Ennis if you ever see him there. He's dangerous and determined, you may be sure of that. Armed with a lethal weapon, an inflammatory hat. <laughs> We must protest, protect the warplanes from this terrorist threat. This cranky agitator is the worst protester yet, with a T-shirt and a placard and a sly subversive grin. But against our Yankee masters, we will never let him win. So guard the roads and boardings, the bridges, fields and bogs, CCTV, patrol cars and a hundred tracker dogs. Keep a close eye on the burren and the bridge of Killaloo, for you'd never know what mischief this desperate man will do. Watch out for him in Quilty, Spanish Point and Spancil Hill. Beware in his Diamond and remember well your drill. Keep watching Milltown Malbay as the fugitive we seek, for he might turn up with a squeeze box at the end of Willy Week. Now the danger is tremendous in the August of the year, for in Ennis we'll be hosting flak all in the hair in here, we'll be searching every caravan, backpack and banjo case, and balladeers will commandeer if they satirise our chase. Now to conclude my story about this dangerous man, to keep him out of County Clare is our determined plan. We'll keep his hat in custody for 12 months and a day as we tug our forelocks humbly to the good old USA. And don't forget to turn in your hats. I really mean it. I think it would be a fantastic, provocative mass action for people to bring hats to their local Garda station. And if they say you're wasting time, you must say that Superintendent Brendan McDonough of Shannon Garda station uh, took Colum Ruddy's hat. So obviously it's, uh, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> he must be right. And uh, uh, Margareta came up uh, a, f- a couple of years ago to Rossport to take part in one of a series of three seminars we had, conferences called Airing Eris, and it was try- focusing on the, uh, the media bias against the uh, opponents, the local opponents of the Shell Cardiff Garder- Gas Project in County Mail. Um, and when I was thinking what to do here tonight, I, I thought of another great artistic supporter of the community down in in north mayo and that he's no longer he's sadly no longer with us that's dermot healy dermot healy is a writer that i personally just idolized um and since he passed away i find it i don't know who i'm writing for uh, i miss him an awful lot so this is just called dermot The rocks are leaning over behind each other's backs. You order them over the top into the rollers. Those hardy veterans, they cower. The wire mesh cages you made are a bulge with staple rocks, zigzagged to break the sea when it's riz. You told me about the lone fisherman whipped from the shore by a rogue wave. Fossils are everywhere, pitched across the lavared slabs, thrown out as if mananon maclear had led a junior art class and given them their heads fishes and sponges and tentacled yokes they look like they'd peel off but they're part of the hard rock yearning up from the molten mass of ages ago the shore is a flabbergasting jackson pollock fishscape a flash a splash tack on the crags a keen gash in the sea colours of them emanating from whatever rock it is sandstone i bet you told me The boy building the wall out the peninsula, getting over his pain. The main bloody point of civilization you painted in words while you pliered wire and stilled hurtling rocks to gentle the haven. Long time no see. I can only warn the rest, don't leave it too late to offer solace. A breath held in common cause, a fish's fossil on a rock, a wire cache on a beaten shore, a mark of something deep, old and maybe meaningful a little old poem of yours called Love Uh, I'll just finish with a a poem, I recently had the great honour and privilege of organising a tour of Ireland for Rafif Siada, she's a Palestinian performer and poet and activist uh, Advocating the boycott of the state of israel but um one of the uh one of the, we, we i organized a number of um of activities for for uh Raf- Rafif while she was here she visited uh she went on an official courtesy call to ara and Teran to meet President Michael D. Higgins. She planted an olive and an ash tree with the Lord Mayor of Dublin, Crean and Ighalig in Poppentry Park. She conducted a poetry workshop hosted by Poetry Ireland in the Axis Ballymone. She did a, a, a gig in Cork. She uh, This all happened in a period of five days, by the way. She, uh, she uh, uh, did an interview on News Talk with Pat Kenny. She did Arena with Sean Rocks. She did... Uh, her performance of We Teach Life in the Hawkswell Sligo. uh, She was a walk leader on the Afri Famine Walk in Lewisburg, County Mayo. She did a We Teach Life uh, in the Bell Table in Limerick and finally a sellout night as part of the International Literature Festival Dublin in the Abbey Theatre last Sunday. And it was a fantastic occasion. But one of the kind of bonuses uh, for me was that I got to... um, surreptitiously take part in the Poetry Ireland workshop in the Axis Ballymun last Wednesday night. And Rafif got us all to f- free write, to write uh, a poem and then work it to try to make it into something. So I thought in the spirit of Margareta, um, I just thought it would be appropriate to show that within, in, within a period of a uh, f- little over a week, um... The ripples that Rafif Ziada made on behalf of Palestinian artists and poets uh, are kind of unstoppable. So I, I, this is the poem I wrote as a result of the workshop. Dima. There is the story no matter what. There is the story that is inside and will get out some way no matter what. The story of the look. There is a look. Her name is Dima, not 11, she is 12, not 11, she is 12. She is free, just free, free as a 12-year-old can be in the land where she was born, free as a bird with wings shorn. Freed from a week's captivity for every one of her years, 12 weeks. Because Dima's not 11, she is 12, not 11, she is 12. That's 84 windows on the wall, wetted when she wakes to bird call. They have returned her after a measured ticking off she's had coming to her, coming to her not for 11 but 12 years at coming to her. Dima is free after 12 weeks in jail, a civilising measure that will make her less inclined to re-offend with stone or word or step or look or wrong road taken or bold things said. Out of line, over there, where, name? Her name is Dima, not 11, she is 12, not 11, she is 12. The look in her eyes, heavy as liquid lead. And she looks at her mother. She looks at her mother in a way that she'd never looked before. They returned her, hoping she's been changed, improved in the way that they would like, imbued with a civil sense of dutiful respect, post her 12-week short, sharp shock, Try to stop the trouble making clocks tick-tock a little more docile, a little less secure. Small price to pay could be worse to be sure they might have shot her dead straight in the head lucky that she's just set free after 12 weeks in jail a captive of Israel because she was out of line over there where name her name is Dima not 11 she is 12 not 11 she is 12 the look in her eyes heavy as liquid lead and she looks at her mother she looks at her mother in that way her mother hasn't seen before what's the story what's inside And the horror of the unknown inflicted on her child dawns on the mother slowly and then in a rush, and she sees the leaden mystery of their craft, gets the smell of malfeance, the tinkering they've done. Not sulphur, this is nowadays, no hocus-pocus, it's plasticky and steel with the hint of... What? What have they imbued her with? The look in her eyes, heavy as liquid lead. They tore Dima's childhood from her bag (coughs) and spread it on bricks, probing it with gun tips. But Dima doesn't cry, not eleven, she is twelve. They picked apart her vivid images and packed in fear of what they can do. They can't do anything to you. But Dima doesn't cry, not eleven, she is twelve. They are somewhat convinced they have excised Dima's terror tendency, scalpel-like, surgical by psyche knife, clipped her capacity for flightiness and have left her bludgeoned pictures on the hot dry wall. Just as has been done by us all, Dima is free. She is free, just free, free as a 12 year old can be in the land where she was born, free as a bird with wings shorn. There is the story, no matter what. There is the story that is inside and will get out some way, no matter what. The story of the look. There is a look. Dima. Thanks.
0: Well done. done. Um, Next up is Honor and Trevor. And they're going to sing Bread and Roses, yeah?
10: Thank you very much. It's very good to be here, Margareta, and to celebrate this evening with you. It's indeed a privilege. Uh, Mary tells me this is one of your favourite songs, so I hope you like it. the people hear us singing them again Our lives shall not be sweated From birth until life closes Hearts starve as well as bodies Give us bread but give us roses Give us bread but give us
0: So Paddy Dean's going to read here.
9: Uh, Yeah, okay, there you go. Oh, sorry, yeah. Thanks so much. Okay. Hello, good evening. How are you? What a beautiful tribute to Margareta Darcy this evening. Everyone brilliant. Well done. Absolutely fantastic. So, so pleased to be here as well this evening. Um, I met Margareta first when I moved to Galway some years ago. And what a wonderful meeting it was. And I know I'm in the right place this evening because when I walked in, I bumped into Ray Yates here to my left, who, um, when I was 15 years old, uh, as an acting student, Ray happened to be my teacher. And I was able to remind him that he introduced me to the works of John Arton, uh, which blew my mind at the time because he pointed a cannon at the establishment and at the audience. And I just went, that's my man. So, of course, I got to meet the wonderful John Arton as well. Uh, most recently, I've been work. we had worked on the Nonstop Connolly Show, uh, and there's many of us here tonight who gathered as a collective and read each and every word at 1 p.m., starting at 1 p.m. every day in Connolly Books. And it was just wonderful. We all breathe air into these words written by Margareta and John, and it was such a collective experience, and it was filled with such passion and love. I mean, I took some time before this evening to write down, uh, oh, epic and formidable, that's Margareta. But she is all of those things, without a shadow of a doubt. But she's also filled with passion and love for everything she does. And it's just such a joy to be here tonight. And I'm going to read the last speech from the nonstop Connolly show. For nearly 30 years I tried to clear the world of those who now have had me tied into my chair and shot till I died. They always claimed that they were here to stay. They did not ask us if they may. And altogether they asked so very few that when the fire and the sword and the fury flew at them in Russia, China, Cuba, Africa, Vietnam, and indeed once more in Ireland, my own home, they could not credit what it was they'd done or what it was in Dublin that we had begun at Easter 1916. We were the first to roll away the stone from the leprous wall of the whitened tomb. We were the first to show the dark, deep hole could be thrown open to the living sun. We were the first to feel the loaded gun that would prevent us from doing any more, or so they hoped. We were the first. We shall not be the last. This is not history. It has not passed. Thank you very much.
3: Where, oh,
4: where is our James Conley? Where, oh, where is that gallant man? He's gone to organize the union. The hero of the working man. Then who, then who will lead the van? Who, then who will lead the van? Oh, but our James Conley the hero of the working man who will carry high The burning flag Who will carry high The burning flag Oh, but our James Conley The hero of The working man They carried him Up to the jail They carried him up to the jail And they shot him down On a bright May morning And they quickly laid him in his gore Who mourns the death of this great man who mourns the death of this great man oh bury him down in yon green garden with union men on every side so they buried him down in yon green garden With Union men on every side And they swore they would organize a weapon And James Connolly's name Would be filled with pride Where, oh where is our James Connolly? Where, oh, where is that gallant man? He's gone to organize the union so that working men might yet be free.
2: i just like to say that I met Margareta, as I've said earlier, in about 1973 in Galway. And people know her as a political activist, a playwright, a a writer of books, an extraordinary woman of extraordinary courage, but I also know her as a friend. And about ten years ago, when I was going through some fairly heavy shit, she phoned me and asked me, was I okay? And I said, no, I'm not. About six hours later, I opened the door and she was standing there. And she just gave me a big hug and came in and talked. And uh, she's just the best. She's the best. Thank you. you.
0: Margaret, I have to give you these. You better come up and take them. I don't know if you can carry them. They're so heavy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my gratitude, Darcy.